the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Moms, more than providing for your children and taking care of them, one thing that's so special about you mothers is that your children are always on your mind. And with that, a mother is called to always pray for her children. Your kids never leave your mind, and so every time they come to mind, your invitation is not anxiety and fear, which I know you have some of that, but to pray. Pray for your children. The Gospel today in John 17 is known as the High Priestly Prayer of Jesus, where Jesus is praying for His bride, the church. He's praying for us. And in praying for us, Jesus teaches us how and what we should be praying for. So in this homily, we're actually going to walk through the Gospel, John 17. We're going to see how Jesus prays for us and it should teach us how we should pray for our children. Jesus starts in verse 2 and 3. He says, So that he may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. Mothers and fathers, but especially today mothers, when praying for your children, do you pray that they enter into eternal life? Do you pray for them just in this life, that you want their life to be comfortable and easy? Do you want your children, when you pray for them, just for life to be perfect? Or do you want them to enter eternal life? And if they have that cross, like Jesus says, carry your cross and follow me. And so mothers, my encouragement, when you pray for your kids, don't pray that their life be easy. Pray that their life be holy. That when they encounter a cross, that they carry it faithfully. Jesus prays in verse 11, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me. Are your children being raised in the name of Jesus? As we pray for our kids, do we pray that they remain in the name of Jesus? Because this is how Jesus is praying for us. Keep them in your name. Verse 13, I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. Which joy do we seek? the temporary happiness of this world? And do we pray, again, like I said, that your children be happy in this world? Or do we pray that they encounter the joy of Jesus that comes from a relationship with Him? Mothers, I have no doubt what you want for your kids is Jesus. But you got to pray for that. Jesus today, in John 17, is telling the church, I pray I speak that they share my joy. Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Mothers, pray for spiritual protection for your children. Moms, maybe your children are too grown up now, so you don't bless them anymore because that's weird. Mom, get off me type thing, you know. But maybe you don't tuck them in anymore. But take some holy water today and bless their rooms. Or pray for them and bless them. Sometimes I see moms that are too anxious. Like they're, they're just always worried and worried and worried. 
And the reality is that anxiousness, that anxiety, it seeps to your children. When you show fear, your children are learning that. And so instead of inviting the spirit of fear into your home, invite the spirit of trust, of faith. And so mothers, have more trust in the Lord. Jesus says, do not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. One of the devil's favorite tools is fear. So mothers, as you are anxious for your children, do not choose that fear, but choose to trust in the Lord. Verse 20 and 21. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That means us. Jesus is praying for the apostles in front of him, but also for those who will believe in him through their word, which is us, that he says, so that they may all be one, Father, as you are in me and I in you. Jesus prays for unity, and in speaking about unity, he's talking about the reality of God, the, the theology of God. And so I have a question. Are you ready? Easy question. How many gods do we believe in? Are you sure? One God. Is God the Father? Is God the Son? Is God the Holy Spirit? It sounds like three. Which one is it? Three in? Three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How does that make sense? In front of me is a husband and wife. I'm going to call you out. There are two people, okay? And yet, when there is love, they become one. And from their love comes a third person, children. God, in John, 1 John 4, it says, God is love. That love, the reality of love, is a union of persons. And Jesus is communicating to his Father as the Son and he's saying, Father, me and you are one because of love. Love is a united relationship. And this is who God is. But all over the world, we see division. We don't see unity. Because we don't know and live in love. And yet, it sometimes sounds like that's all the culture talks about. Just love. It's all about love. But the culture is missing the reality of true love. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, we, we've heard it before, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, amen. He says also, can you repeat after me? Love does not rejoice in wrong. It rejoices in truth. The Bible teaches us that love and truth go together. And so, Jesus, in John 17, in this prayer, he says, Consecrate them in the truth. What is truth? He says, Your word is truth. And I consecrate myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. So, families, are we building our children in the truth? St. Paul says in Romans 12, Do not conform yourself to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
Are you building or allowing your children to be conformed by this world? Are you letting this world attract them and change them? Or are you allowing them and praying for them to be transformed by the truth of Jesus through the renewal of their mind? We talk a lot, a lot to our children about what they're thinking, what they're believing. Let's address this world. And I'm going to speak lovingly, I pray. Jesus says, they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. But the world is around us. Family, I do not preach this to make you overly emotional. My goal is not to rile you up. Please, when listening, resist the temptation to get angry because what I'm about to address, we need to think more rationally and we need to, we need to really try to understand the will of God and how we should address this, okay? So, this past Monday, I went to Rochester School's Board of Education and their general meeting and I went as an observer and to support parents. On the agenda was a resolution that ended up passing that supports the LGBTQ plus agenda. The end of the resolution reads, we acknowledge that this resolution of support for LGBTQ plus inclusivity is not complete with any one action, but depends on a systematic shift in paradigms and by increasing the understanding of sexual and gender diversity. There are board members in our school districts who are making it their job to promote and bring the LGBTQ plus agenda to our schools. Public schools, though, by their nature, should be free from political sides, but that does not appear to be the case anymore. We have political activism in our schools. On one side, we had parents against the resolution. These parents wanted their children free from indoctrination and political ideology. They want social and religious beliefs to be taught in the home and not in the schools. They're also concerned that their children in schools who are mostly Christian and do not subscribe to this gender ideology, that these kids are going to be bullied and called haters, that they're hateful. I do not hate anybody. As a matter of fact, as Christians, we love, love. Can we say the word love? We love everyone. There was even a parent who said, I took my kids out of this school district, but I feel bad for the parents who can't afford to send their kids to Catholic school or private school. Not everyone can afford it, so you have to send your kids. But that means, parents, that we have more of a responsibility to teach our children in the home and in the church. All right, on the other side, we had people in favor of the resolution. And I was listening to it, and I was, it was actually a very educational experience for me because I was understanding that side. They were using words like love, compassion, empathy, mental health, that's the whole culture. The whole culture says, accept everyone for who they want to be. Love is love. You do you. Nothing is wrong. 
It's grounded, and you've heard it from me a million times, it's grounded in a relativistic notion of what truth is. Jesus says, consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. But in today's culture, truth is up to you. And if truth is up to you, then love and what love means is up to you. And so this is the ideology, this is the way they're going about it. They're calling people who don't agree with them as people filled with hate and no compassion. One person said, where does it say in the Bible that transgenderism is wrong or, the, or that homosexual activity is wrong? Jesus said, love everyone. Jesus loves everyone. But that doesn't mean Jesus approves of everything we do. In fact, Jesus is calling all of us in this church to repent, to change from our ways, no matter what we do. If we don't repent, we have no part in him. Jesus says in John 15, you are my friends if you do what I command you. That friendship with Jesus, it comes with the responsibility to follow him, to follow his word, which is truth. I love every person. A person with gender dysphoria, I love them. And because I love them, I want what's best for them. John Paul II said, to love is to will the good of the other person. Love is about the other. I desire what is good for our children. Because I love them, I want what's best for them. If you knew that someone was going to do something and, and they were going to hurt themselves, you would tell them, stop. Moms, dads, you see your children hurting themselves, you tell them, stop. You even punish them. You don't want to punish them. You don't want to yell at them. But you have to, to have them learn and to stop. Because you love them. Parents, can you tell your kids, I love you? Go ahead. As Christians, we believe love and truth go together. Jesus says, consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. Our prayer is that our children be consecrated in truth. And that begins in the home. And it is supported by your second home, this church. I pray that you call this church your home. Because that's what it is. Keep your kids involved in church. But remember that you need to do your responsibility to raise them. Your way of teaching, though, listen to this family, parents, your way of teaching your children cannot be, don't do this because we believe this. It, it does not convince children. Your way cannot be, this is wrong because we're Chaldean. This is wrong because we believe. You have to have reason. You have to communicate why? Your children are going to ask why. We believe in Jesus. Amen. Why? Why? Because he rose from the dead. How do I know? It says it in the Bible. More. I want more. When your children have questions, parents, do not settle. Seek the answer. Educate yourselves. Because the, the world, they have a lot of different answers. And they have a lot of different ways to get your kids. 
If you tell them, I love everyone, they'll disagree with you. And your kids are going to have to learn. Well, love is to desire the good of the other person, and I want your good. All right. Jesus concludes his prayer by saying, Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they also may be. Children are a gift. Jesus says in Luke 12, many blessings comes many responsibilities. So from this gift, we have a responsibility. Let us live it well. Mothers, happy Mother's Day. And yet, your motherhood is not easy. It comes with a responsibility. We pray for you, we love you, and God bless you.